Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe? We have a great show for you guys today. Tyler Dunn of the Bleacher Report joins us, so buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one... We're back. We sitting here. I supposed to be the franchise player. We in here talking about practice. the charity stride pitcher free throws because they have three so 231 coming hot at you guys and sewed 230 and the special sewed and i'm joined on the show by alex toss me the rock tosopolis nikki snacks karida is at home in quarantine and before we get into the awesome recorded interview with tyler dunn he was great you guys are gonna love this one I got to remind you, we're brought to you by True Classic Tees. True Classic Tees. They don't get any comfier than the True Classic Tee. They come in great colors, and you got to go get them right now, or else I'm done with you as a friend. Uh, go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V. That's believe for 20% off. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. Yep, that's it. True Classic Tees. You already know about them. And here is Tyler Dunn's interview, guys. We really want you to enjoy it. It was a super fun one. And Tyler, thank you for calling in. And yeah, here we go. All righty, guys. You heard it in the introduction. We got Tyler Dunn of Bleacher Report on with us today. Tyler, how you doing, brother? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. All things considered, right? It's such a wacky time. I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. This is like a little weird thing that I just saw this morning. The Steelers GM wants to extend the NFL draft, right? He wants to extend it three extra rounds. At first, I was like, that's crazy. I can't believe they'd even think about doing that. But now it kind of makes sense to me. Did you see that? God, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of catching up on that myself. And it, it does seem really really strange and then you think back through nfl history and my god back in the uh like the 60s and 70s there were yeah. what like 20 rounds <laughs> i know right when brock lesnar was drafted in like round 18 or something like that right <laughs> by the <Yeah>. vikings <laughs> back in the day oh i know i think bart Starr was what like a 17th round pick or something yeah like he that. was a late one i mean it's just it's crazy but it kind of makes sense because they have no intel on these guys you know it's just such a weird draft i mean Everything, like all the workouts they normally have, all the visits they normally have on the college campuses, now everything's done through Zoom. Like, I have a Seder through Zoom, and that's how people are <laughs> – tonight, that's how people are recruiting people to be on their NFL teams. It's wild. So would you be for a 10-round NFL draft? I'd only be for it if they expanded the rosters. I mean, I okay. feel like it's – Yeah, it's a great point. It's like – yeah, I mean, it's kind of like looking at the uh, the trees, not the forest here. I mean, let's they're gonna 
you know, add rounds and, and do all that. Like, let's just make the rosters bigger. I, I never really understood the concept of game day inactives either. Like, why why even say, hey, all right, you five players, yeah, you're you're going to have to just wear your street clothes and sit up with us uh, slappy reporters up in the press box. Like, just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Like, wouldn't you want to have guys ready to go? And wouldn't that benefit everybody? It's a, the most violent game on earth, and – uh, it's jobs. I mean, these are jobs. These are opportunities for players. We, you see it all the time. Guys that are on the bubble just get their shot and do something with it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm kind of indifferent on it now. I mean, these are weird times. It, it wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't get me all all upset if they did it. It probably wouldn't even phase me at this point. We've seen so so much stranger. I you know we just brought up Brock Lesnar. We watched WrestleMania this weekend without fans. That was probably one of the most awkward things. That I've was so seen. bizarre. So bizarre. One of the weirdest things I've ever seen on TV, <laughs> to be honest. Hope They're like know. pumping up an imaginary crowd. Yeah, hope you missed that one. Um, the, the, the lack of intel is... I want to stick on that point for a second. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on Tua Tagovailoa. Um, he's been the biggest question mark in this entire draft, right? Now, going into the season, he's the, he's the guy. It's, I mean, Herbert's there. It's him or Herbert, but he's really the number one guy. Burrow goes off and has the greatest season since Cam Newton and for all intents and purposes, a better season than Cam Newton did, which I never thought would be possible in my entire life. And now Tua has dropped to number two, but now we're hearing reports because of the lack of intel. We don't know if he's fully cleared. Teams can't really do the physicals on him. Do you see him dropping to maybe the fourth quarterback taken? Would Where do you have him on your board? Where do you think he'll be going? It's really, it's really rare, and it's going to be wildly interesting. I mean, first with the injury, obviously it's such a – such a rare specific injury but right. that hip where i guess the people i've talked to have said it's either going to be one way or the other in terms of like he's either going to be he's either going to be perfectly fine like he's you know no no problems at all isn't going to hold him back can do everything he wants to do or this is something that just ends his career it's almost mm-hmm. like there's no in between here and I mean, he's going to say what he's going to say, and un- unless he's just lying through his teeth. I mean, he's saying everything's fine, everything's checked out, but you're an NFL team, you're making an investment, you're, you're spending not – just you're not just spending a lot of money. I mean, the quarterback position gets people hired and gets people fired. So, yeah. I mean, that's a lot <laughs> that, of jobs. It's a lot of jobs in the line. It's also – I mean, we've had people on this show that have been like, yeah, you know what, because – because the scale's gone back, right? Gone are the days where Sam Bradford's making enough money to feed, like, a, a, you know, a, a small city in South Dakota, right? <laughs> <laughs> you exactly. know, gone are those days. Now it's it's all on a scale. So you could kind of, you know, afford and, – and teams are utilizing. Like, look what the Rams did. Unfortunately, it hasn't panned out for them, right? They're kind of back almost to square one in a sense. But they were able to throw money around before they had to pay Goff because they had him on such a small deal. Kind of ditto with the Giants, even though they're not really executing that plan as of yet i don't know why um but yeah i mean it's so the money investment but it's still a huge draft pick there's so many good guys and there's so i mean like i'm even risky i mean call me crazy i hope you do because i know toss we're both texas guys right but toss Mm -hmm. is an lsu fan his family's from baton rouge so he's team burrow all the way i love joe burrow i think he's a leader i think he's i'm still scared though yeah i'm I'm team chase young for the first pick i mean call me crazy i would love that i would love for (laughs) joe burrow not Not to go to to the Bengals. bengals I mean, you just win games in the line, so it's so risky to me to invest into it if there's so many good prospects on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I get. I mean, because then you can obviously look at it the other the other end of the spectrum. It's like he, he's got all these rare gifts. If the help checks out, you know, you can look back and be like, why why the hell did we take a defensive tackle or a you know an offensive whatever ahead of a quarterback? who is literally going to be our quarterback for 15 years yeah. and win MVPs and win Super Bowls. I mean, he's got special, special, special talent that um, I, I honestly, I don't even know. I mean, I, I could talk myself into either, either point at the end of the day, I guess if I was a team that really, really needed a quarterback, I'd take him in the, I'd still take him in the top 10, maybe not like the top three, but he's just, he's, he's so special that I think it's, I think it's even worth it because I mean, look at, past quarterbacks that have been taken in the top five and have crashed and, and burned or maybe on the verge of crashing and burning with the bears, everything they gave up yeah. to move up 
one pick for Mitchell Trubisky. And what did they do this offseason? They took on Nick Foles and his contract. So, um, I mean, it's going to be a risk one way or another, at least in Tua. You've seen that when he's on the field doing his thing, he's special. And that, that to me, at least is a risk worth taking. Yeah. yeah. And and from what we've seen from, I mean, and, and this is kind of what it's come to now in this in this quarantine life we're we're looking at social media posts and that he looks good in his yeah, in right. his 45 right. second workout he you looks know sweet on the gram fuck it we're taking him with the fifth pick uh, <laughs> that's what it's like that's that's, <laughs> like, that's like what it's come to in a sense it's so true i mean but the quarterback it's so because it is the most important position that's how people get hired that's how people get fired um and you could say you know left tackle you could say edge rusher but at the end of the day like the jj watt got the Texans only so far with Tom Savage. You still needed that quarterback to really deliver for that Texans team, yeah. right? And then to a couple of years back and take him further. But it's such and a tricky situation. You've got something where, you guys know, flop the, all the, time. the Cardinals draft Josh Rosen, right? Yeah. And that's a team that's not ready for Josh Rosen, for that quarterback to succeed. And, and you see that he, that he failed, right? Yeah. And maybe not because of his skill. We don't really know yet because he hasn't been anywhere else and really had the chance to prove himself. But yeah, I mean, it's just, there's this kind of, age-old conundrum of is your team ready for that quarterback yeah. that that piece that's going to take you for the next 10 years and, and be your Patrick Mahomes or are you setting up ki- or are you setting swap? it up yeah. or, or, or are you the Giants and you're looking at Daniel Jones and you think this is the guy and now we have to build around him like what I guess there's no perfect science none but none I mean we're seeing with the Redskins like Tyler I want to get your thoughts on the Redskins here like should they really be considering maybe not even just two, just a quarterback in general, or do you think it's hey, let's let's get Chase Young at the two, or maybe see if a team wants to give up give up the house to move to the two and stick it with Haskins? I, I guess everything I'm, I'm hearing is at least at the combine, you know, when you're you're around all these scouts and agents and coaches, the prevailing wisdom back then was, man, Dan Snyder just loves Dwayne Haskins, and like. It, why would he just give up on Dwayne Haskins then? Like, yeah. just if he's got a shot at another quarterback. But, I mean, we are seeing changes there where, all right, see you, Bruce Allen. He's gone. And is Ron Rivera. He, Ron Rivera wouldn't be stepping in to this opportunity if he wasn't guaranteed, I would think, with that power to do what he wants. I mean, it's oh, yeah. just maybe the, you know, looked upon as the worst head coaching job in the NFL with ownership breathing down your neck and them going through so many coaches and turmoil and it's just institutionally whack. Um, you think that Rivera has that power. So if he does have that power, that means getting the quarterback that he wants, not Snyder wants. And I mean, he, he has no ties to Haskins. So, Hey, I mean, it could be a possibility. I, I still think though, like, you know, when you make that decision at quarterback and you mm-hmm. go all in on somebody, you're on the clock. Like that, that's kind of the part of the reason I think a team like the 49ers, took Solomon Thomas, you know, ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And it's kind of like, all right, you know, the Shanahan and Lynch came in, you know, they, they just kind of kicked the quarterback decision down the road, eventually ended up with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he still made the Super Bowl, but it's like, you're on the clock the second you, you make that decision. So at least if Haskins falls flat on his face, you know, this season or into next season, Rivera can buy himself time and say, all right, that wasn't my guy. Now we're going to get my guy and figure it figure it out from there so yeah totally i, I mean roundabout way of saying I, I i think that hey you know if you can get chase young that's one hell of a you know consolation prize if that's what you go i mean guy the guy shuts down half the field we watched it in the a defensive minded man. coach like rivera too. exactly yeah, yeah that's what i'm thinking he sees if he could see julius peppers 2.0 like he's not going to shy away from that uh that's not necessarily my comp for him but I'm just, you know, just spitballing yeah. old Rivera. Yeah. I'm spitballing old Rivera, guys. We could stick it with the quarterback here a little bit. Did, if I told you in 2015, you know, if I said, hey, in 2015, uh, Jameis Winston and Cam Newton will be jobless going into the NFL draft, would you have thought that was absolutely bonkers? Crazy. I mean, that was – I mean, that, that's, that MVP season that he had, I mean, you're talking about one of the best seasons ever for a quarterback in NFL history. I mean, it was, it was, it was historic. It was revolutionary. I mean, it was, I think we all went into that Super Bowl out in Santa Clara thinking he's just going to wreck Denver. I mean, nobody could stop this guy. And since that game has just been completely downhill, he's physically erratic. I mean, the erratic as a passer. I mean, yeah. I, 
I mean, maybe it's health related, but I don't know about you guys. That that last time we saw him, wasn't it like a it's a primetime game against Tampa? I think it was at home, and yep. it was just yep. yeah, not good. I'm, I, I mean, mean, a lot of garbage yards, but they just you know with just passing the eyeball test, it was brutal. I mean, that was about as bad as it gets from an accuracy standpoint. So I, I think that's probably why he doesn't have his job as much as the health. Maybe people just think he. he he can't he, he can't connect with receivers at this point. He's lost his accuracy, lost his fastball. It certainly looked like that to us. I mean, I remember I was as down as I've ever been on. I mean, Josh mentioned it. I'm an LSU fan, so maybe that has something <laughs> to do with it. But uh, but yeah, no. I to me, I was like, I was riding him out. I was like, he's 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 done. He looked yeah. done. I mean, he's like hopefully 16, it's, it was a health thing kind of thing. Yeah, you know, hopefully it was a health thing. And what they were telling us you know, was that he was healthy. And then on the field, it was showing that he, if he was, then it was a, something terrible because I don't know. I just, I, I want the best for him. I hope he goes somewhere and, and figures something out though. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I'm interested to see, I want to get your takes on where you think these two guys fall because everyone is an, it's like the, it is the big question now of the off season, those two and Clowney, but everyone's got a different take. Like everyone I ask thinks somewhere completely different. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, Toss, you brought up the whole Instagram thing. I'm looking at Cam Newton on Instagram. I'm like, damn, he looks good. You know, I'm like, and then I'm falling for that trap again. <laughs> I'm like, this right. guy looks that's so- like, that's like applies to all of life. Right. Yeah. You right. Know, yeah, exactly. Football, <laughs> dating or whatever you want there. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's an image that people are projecting. So you got to tread carefully. Yeah. Exactly. I bet, I bet, uh, Tariq Cohen's draft stock in fantasy football goes up just because, Tyreek Hill crushed it with him in his online Madden t- in his online Madden oh, games. Totally. You know, like totally. something like that's gonna happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, some guy. You know, did you hear the story? I mean, I, I don't know if I may have seen it on Bleacher Report, Tyler, where Tariq Cohen was picked first overall or in the first round of a fantasy football draft last year, and he went to the guy who picked him and like got him lunch or something like that. Like met up with him. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. That's right. that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's the least he can do. That guy probably just lost 150 bucks in the spot. You can't win in the first <laughs> round. You can definitely lose in fantasy football. Where are these guys going, man? You know, where where's Cam going? Where's James going? Um, if you have a take on Clowney, any insider scoop, I'd love to hear that if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean the the, the quarterback carousel it it kind of stopped, which is crazy because I feel like years past, off seasons past, you know, around this time of year there's more teams in need of quarterbacks than there are quarterbacks available. Yeah, but totally. It's, it's just like just terrible quarterback play all over the league. And you've got, you know, situations where I'm just trying to think back. I mean, even here, I live here in Buffalo, New York, the year I covered the bills uh, for the Buffalo news. I mean, their quarterback competition was, you know, Matt Castle, EJ Manuel, and, you know, Tyrod Taylor. And of the three, I mean, Castle's the one that had the big press conference for, and, Sure seemed like he was going to be the starter. <laughs> EJ Manuel with the 16th pick. I was at that draft, like physically at the Ooh, draft. Um, I was like, Jesus, what are they doing? You know, not to take his, not right. to take you know his name in vain, but like it, it deservedly so has to be there. I could not believe that. Um, but yeah, so the mitigated disaster in the moment. Yeah, like, totally. few, few picks like that. Uh, but I just feel like you know, years past, you had those moments where you're like. You have a, a team literally trying to sell its fan base that Matt Castle is a starting quarterback, and you know they're not alone. But now it, you've got like legit, proven guys. Okay, Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions. That's terrible. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe the conversation ends there. But he threw 5,000 yards. He threw 30 touchdowns. He's a former first overall pick. It, it's shocking to me that somebody isn't taking a chance on. I mean, people must have really high regard for Bruce Arians. And just think, hey, if Bruce Arians can't fix this guy, then we don't have a chance. I mean, yeah. that, that's the only conclusion I can really draw there. Yeah, it's just like it's. It, I mean, I don't. I just ha- there. There's so much headspace that goes into a guy in the locker room. Like, look at Bree- Breeze's numbers are nonsense. Like the numbers Drew Breeze has put up in his career are just mad in numbers. Yeah. But what really yeah. sticks with me is the pregame stuff he does. You know, and I and the I juxtapose what I've seen from Winston in a pregame, you know, pump up versus Breeze, and there's just like a different level of heat. Yeah, you know, there's a well, there's and just what he's known for his character off the field. Too, yeah, you know? one's a flame, the other's a fire. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't see that. I think Mariota crushed it. By the way, he on the QB carousel, he looked at a situation where I think Gruden really liked him coming out of college when he was in the film room when he was on the broadcast team, right? Not coaching. Yeah. And then he looks at Derek Carr and goes, that's not his guy. 
I mean, no shot at Derek Carr, but that's just not Gruden's guy. That's not Mayock's guy, right? And so Mariota right. takes a brilliant shot. I think. Do you think Jameis has to kind of do that? We're hearing the Steelers a lot. Is that a play? I mean, I'm surprised the Jags haven't taken a shot, but then again, I don't know who the hell wants to go there. The Steelers make a lot of sense. I know that just a lot of the folks who cover the team uh, really, really well there. It, it seems like they don't they don't see it happening because it would mean you're just basically giving up on Mason Rudolph, who they have some belief in, you know, and they took recently with a high pick. How? I I know I I hear you. I feel like we saw enough of him last year. Um, but it's look that that was a that was a team that could have made a run at. at the Super Bowl if they had a decent backup plan at quarterback. Right. Absolutely loaded defense. I mean, offensively, what they were able to piece together some of those games is a borderline miracle. I mean, they, Mike Tomlin, <sighs> he could have won coach of the year just based on keeping Should've. that team together. Like, Should have. Right. I mean, they had a coach die in training camp on the verge of the season, a coach that people loved. And I mean, it, you just kind of dealt with everything you can imagine that, hey, if you had Jameis Winston, even a guy that you, you think you can fix, I think that they've got the, the, the culture, the foundation, everything there to help um, a young player at this point of his career where, where nobody seems to believe in him. Yeah. Uh, it, it just makes a ton of sense. To I guess I guess from my perspective, it just looks like they, they feel that Ben has enough years left in the tank mm-hmm. that they don't have to rely on Jameis being that backup in that predecessor um or the the guy that's going to supersede ben i totally see what you're saying and that they they can live with mason rudolph and duck hodges being their second and third string or you could switch him because mason rudolph could be their third string and duck hodges could be their second string there's no difference between the two of them stink on ice yeah those were terrible games to watch i'm not i I don't think they're going to listen to this they stink on ice i have no problem (laughs) saying skip skip bayless can shit on russell westbrook all day screw it you know i the the (laughs) but the uh but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I I don't think I don't know get how you can look at Big Ben and go, okay, he's got a lot of years left after he missed a full season. Yeah, I don't get how you can look at a quarterback who's thirty five plus, you know, and you go, okay, he's got a lot left in the tank when he's missed a, a boatload of time. Like say what you will about Brady and the Patriots last year, like TB twelve didn't miss a game, and right. he's in every game taking all the shots, and he's he doesn't he didn't look bad, he just didn't look elite. Yeah, you know. And I, I can't imagine Ben Roethlisberger is taking better care of his body than Tom Brady is. He lo- speaking of looking good on Instagram, he <laughs> looks terrible. <laughs> In- inversely, he does not. He looks no bueno. Do you think we see these guys though? Cam and Jameis signed post draft. Is that what it's going to be? Like the, the teams will see the draft shake out and then sign these guys. I mean, I gotta think that they're going to have jobs somewhere. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe teams just kind of want to get through the draft and um, see what shakes out there, and, and then bring them in but you know, this, that, that Steelers situation will be really fascinating to watch I mean you've kind of seen it play out in New England obviously with Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick kind of reaching their point of no return um, Rivers with the Chargers yeah they reached point of no return Eli's retired I mean every quarterback gets to this point where it's kind of like all right you're a legend you know we'll build statues of you we'll, we'll hang your jersey up we'll, we'll give you anything you want you've done so much for us but now we got to move on. The Steelers aren't aren't there yet. I mean, they've publicly supported Ben in every possible way, and I'm sure Ben Roethlisberger. He's a competitive guy. He's not just going to be like, "Yeah, guys, this will be my last year, and I'm out of here." You know, let's set up a nice plan for when I'm done. Um, no, he wants to have some say. I mean, probably like Brady wanted to have some say, and yeah. they're just rolling with him right now. I think they see a, a roster that can contend for a Super Bowl, and they really don't want to, you know threaten Roethlisberger maybe maybe I mean this is just me talking yeah you know, maybe they feel like bringing in Jameis Winston would you know be a threat to Roethlisberger and, and put him on the clock and they don't necessarily want to do that to Roethlisberger because let's remember he's he can be an emotional guy himself when yeah you know, he, he was all you know up not not that happy when they took uh Rudolph I believe right and he said hey we got Joshua Dobbs I don't I don't know why we're doing this so yeah and yeah, I mean it's a, a guy, guy it's a guy if they're going to be competing they need him to be in the proper mindset. Too. Totally. I yeah. mean, and their receivers, that wide receiver group, I love it. Yeah. If Deontay Johnson can catch touchdown love passes him. for Mason Rudolph, I can't imagine what he's going to be able what to do for pick. Big Ben. Yeah. James Washington, we saw a lot play live. We're, I mean, again, we're Big 12 guys. We saw James Washington play live. Yeah. He's legit. And he he's is. St- yeah, and he's still growing, too. Yeah. St- yeah. And then, obviously, Juju, who... I even even though I took I took him in the first round of fantasy football last year. I think you still think he's a little Oof. a little overrated. 
overrated, though, I don't do, you? I, I oof, and I do think he's overrated. I don't think he's a top 15 guy, maybe, but I think he's good enough that he could be the number one. Yeah. yeah. If Edelman could be the number one in the Pats, Juju could be the number one in the Steelers. For sure. That's how I feel about it. Um, but you're in, are you, you're in Buffalo, New York right now? Yeah, yes, I am. I grew up uh, like an hour south of Buffalo, like way out in the sticks in the country. I'm a, um, I'm a New York guy, dude. Tw- talk to me. S- throw me. St- we're, we're about. I'm a Long Island boy. I'm, I'm okay. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're Western New York, so it's, sometimes it feels like it's another country, you know? Yeah, I mean, right? Exactly. Uh, Buffalo's a different place. We don't like to be called place. upstate. We're not upstate. We're Western. Western New York. We're way out there. Yeah. Right, so it's deep out there. But I don't want to confuse you. I'm My family, um, and this may sting a little bit more, because um, before you start commiserating with me as like a Jets fan, um, my family's from Boston. So, Ooh. yeah. Okay. Sorry, buddy. I don't know if you – I don't know if you – are you a Bills guy through and through? You know what? Even though I uh, even though I grew up here, I, I never grew up a Bills fan. I mean, I, I love Good the for Sabres, you. Good for you. That's nice. I was, a, I was a Packers fan as a kid. Um, oh. Not really, yeah. Not have you have you waned away from rooting for the Packers? It's been a common theme with reporters. A lot of these guys are like, I don't, I'm done rooting for my team. Um, but do, do you still pull for the Packers a little bit secretly when you're off the clock? Not, you know what? It, what what kind of did it for me was so you know, I grew up huge Packer fan. Me and my dad, we, we'd go to Lambeau Field um, every other year, like a father son pilgrimage. It was you know some of the best memories of my life were going out there i mean i can't remember 1999 the Corey bradford one-handed catch game you know we're sitting first row next to keith mckenzie's family i mean just like the best moments that's then, crazy yeah it, you know i, I kind of knew i wanted to, to be a sports writer and you know, as far back as i can remember i've been working and intern at my hometown paper you know doing all that stuff and so into college i um i linked up with uh the packer report weekly publication out there knew i wanted to be around the team Found a small newspaper, the Shawano Leader in Shawano, Wisconsin, small town, about 40 minutes north, and um, just kind of lived out there, lived out of a hotel, covered training camp, and I think it was instant. I mean, just you know, really like professionally, when you're when it becomes a job, I mean, you really do just root for the story and not the team. And I completely lost my fandom oh, like yeah. in the snap of a finger. I mean, it, it sounds really sad and depressing. I mean, like. A lot of my friends who I grew up with, like they still think I'm this huge cheese head and you know, reach out to me and stuff. But it's, I mean, really, you, you really do just kind of lose it. I'll say that like covering the team, because then from there, you know, eventually I ended up at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel for four, four and a half years uh, covering the team. And I mean, really, it's, it, it becomes your job and you throw all your passion in your job and, and having that institutional like knowledge on the team and being able to pull from moments and games and players like throughout the 90s. It, I think it helped me kind of relate like to the fans because hell, I, I was one of them for a long time. Totally, totally understood. Yeah, I mean, that's great. So you were living out in Milwaukee. Does Bleacher Report allow you to go and kind of work from wherever you want in a situation, if I may ask? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was out there, and then I moved back uh, to Western New York and covered the Bills for the Buffalo News um, in 2015. And then uh, after that season, Bleacher Report reached out to me, said they were looking for a NFL features writer, which was what I love to do, you know, more than breaking news and more than covering games and all that. I just, yeah. I love to uh, sit down with guys and, and really hear their stories. Everybody has a story and um, it's been awesome. And yeah, they, they let me live right where I grew up. I mean, I uh, met my wife, we have a daughter and we uh, bought a house in Boston, New York. So it's like, a, <laughs> right. It throws people off. It's, um, you know, about a half hour south of Buffalo. So we're kind of like halfway between where I grew up and where she grew up. And it's been great. Yeah. I mean, I travel around uh, for all my stories, you know, I, well, not now with coronavirus, obviously it's all kind of on the phone, but um, otherwise it's, it's flying into, you know, San Francisco, Seattle, Houston, Wisconsin, all over the country to, uh, do these long form stories and guys it's uh, the best job in the world man i love it that is a great i'm i'm peanut butter and jealous not gonna lie i'm stuck in <laughs> quarantine with that with toss right here just shooting shit on the mic uh the if i may ask you though uh i'm curious about the whole feature process do you have like a specific feature one that like kind of surprised you uh if you're cool divulging in that um one that you didn't see coming and that you kind of were i don't know not saying we're gonna mail in because you obviously never do that with work right in, in this kind of field um but one that you didn't really think much of that kind of you know looped you around and you left whoa that was completely amazing didn't see that one coming with, with a certain player 
God, I guess we should just stay right on the Packers, right? I mean, that was – so being out there as long as I was, you know, a roundabout way, ended up at Bleacher Report. And, um, you know, this, I think it came out this time last year, actually, just to look at, like, what happened. I mean, how did this team go from absolutely obliterating everything in its path with Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy in this offense to McCarthy getting fired and Aaron Rodgers being – visibly unhappy and they're just being not a ton of talent on that offensive side of the ball and oh by the way how, how do you go you know a decade with maybe the best quarterback of this generation and just have that one ring so I kind of just started reaching back out to uh to uh as, as many you know players and, and coaches and scouts and, and people that I knew then to, to ask that question what happened and it kind of the reporting I guess took on a life of its own that you know when I'm hearing just wild anecdotes about both Rodgers and, and McCarthy and then how that relationship was pretty terrible from the get go on through. And uh, I, I kind of anticipated a strong reaction. I mean, Oh, like I told you, I was a huge Packer fan myself yeah. growing up. So I, <laughs> I get it. But I think a lot of them, a, a lot of folks just kind of wanted to know what happened behind the scenes and, and how it got to this point. So um, that, that was, you know, by far the most uh, fascinating process on just finding stuff out. I'd say. It's crazy. I mean, I, I, I didn't even realize it, you know, growing up watching sports, I mean, I guess it's just me watching the players, looking at numbers, you know, looking at the game, um, and not really caring about, you know, the the drama of it, the reality TV side in the sense of yeah. it. Um, but I feel like it's more and more nowadays that players are unhappy with coaches, and there's more friction. Have you seen more friction, you know, kind of come to fruition in sports, or is that just me being older and wiser and, and, and realizing That's it? That is a, I mean, you just hit it on the head. I mean, that's the bullseye that this is not, you know, it's not like we're just plugging names into a fantasy football lineup or, you know, playing Madden against your friends. I mean, these aren't just pixelated uh, figures of, that without brains and hearts. I mean, there's right. a lot of emotions at play here and a lot of egos at play here. And it is a real drama. I mean, I, re I really feel that way. I mean, whether it's you know, Green Bay, I mean, that's, it's not just there. I mean, I think it, you could really look at any franchise and when things turn south and people are looking to survive, that's when people turn on other people. And when things turn south and teams lose, that's when people are kind of willing to talk on what the hell happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, you see it, you see it everywhere. I mean, you could see it with the breakup of, uh, of Brady and Belichick. I mean, that's been, multiple years in the works i mean brady just told howard stern today that he kind of went into this past season knowing it was about it so um yeah i mean it's it's real life i mean really any any business uh you're gonna have uh, th these emotions these egos at play and my god it definitely was the case in, in green band why eventually things just were untenable yeah and it's combined also i'm feeling with you know the the, the age we live in with everybody looking to create something, looking for a hot take, looking for a story. I mean, we jumped into the business, you're in it, this field, and it's, I mean, I don't think we on the show, I, our show doesn't really go out searching for, you know, guys to say something wild to get like a, like an insane head. No, it's more, it's more um, kind of what you're talking about yeah. with your features where it's like you go and you just talk yeah, and you to listen to it. these stories yeah. and then you, you learn something and grab something for it but from it. Yeah, but so many people are on that front, and there's so, m and then guys are just down to talk more and more, and so all this, I guess, is coming out because of the age we live in, and versus like you know, no one had podcasts back in the '70s or '80s, so you either had one journalist who was there to report friction, or no one heard from it at all except for the guys in the locker room. Right, right. It's, yeah, and everything's instantaneous. Oh I mean, yeah, people need it now, so it's. You know, in terms of my job, it's kind of like all right, everybody um, is, is figuring out, you know, what what's going on with their favorite teams and their favorite players instantaneously. And I try to kind of operate on that other end of the spectrum on taking a deep breath and explaining like the why and the how and the thinking, and the stories b b behind it all. So, so I feel like hopefully people still want like the two ends of, of that spectrum of you know, the fast food and the quick bites and yeah. the tweets and, and all that and the Instagram posts, but then also, all right, let's sit down and figure out all right, why, why did this happen? How does this person really tick? Totally. And I'm sure you see it in your work. Like we see it in ours when we were 
trying to be the first one or trying to be on that train of people that are just popping something off or giving giving our take as soon as possible. Like, we're in it, you know, and it, it feels great to be on top of that and be on top of our shit and not be bums about it, um, in a sense. <laughs> but it's, I don't know if it's necessarily the best work you put out, right? It's an interesting conundrum. But you're in Buffalo now, and this, and we, we just mentioned Tom Brady, who's my who's my boy, and Brady will be the name of my first guy, kid, guy, or girl. Um, and they're, the Patriots are no longer the team, it looks like. It looks like it's the Buffalo Bills. Are you buying it? Are you, can you sell me on Josh Allen really quickly? Because I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at Cam Newton, but not MVP Cam Newton, just Cam Newton, kind of what we've yeah. seen the past three or four years. You know what's crazy? It's like you look at the receiving core around, around Tyrod Taylor, uh, I'll have a story on Tyrod actually coming out tomorrow. I had a great chat with him recently. And like that, his last year in Buffalo, I mean, he had Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, and uh, my God, Andre Holmes and Deontay Thompson. And now they've got around Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, and Cole Beasley. It's like he's got zero excuse to fail. I mean, yeah. if, he, if he can't. Dawson Knox, in, too. I like Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. I mean, Devin Singletary is a good back. It's. Yeah. He was dead last in completion percentage last year. Um, I know he, you know, had some fun runs and you know, had a he's an inspiring guy. I mean, he played well in most fourth quarters up to that playoff game. Uh, but not a good passer, not accurate. And uh, if if you can't improve with Stephon Diggs, then he ain't the answer. I mean, teams can figure out the other stuff. Defenses will figure out the other stuff. So I I'm not I'm I'm like you. I'm not, I'm not just not there to say, hey, this is the team to be in the division because you never count out Bill Belichick. You, you figure he's planned for this for a full year. I mean, he's probably seen this day coming, this moment coming for a long, long time. Yeah. It's, it's the Patriots to lose. He's ready for it. I mean, the whole, first of all, that defense is what got him there, and that defense is plug and play. Like, yeah. Kyle Van Noy cast off. Jamie Collins, everyone thought, was going to be out of the league, right? Danny Shelton's been bouncing around teams. You know, and obviously you got Gilmore, who's just you know Gilmore, but he wasn't he wasn't the number one, he wasn't like a top five corner in Buffalo, you know, he wasn't like a top five guy when he was there. Belichick can do that to a defense, um, so he's been prepped for this. And I think you bring up a great point when Tyrod Taylor was there, who by the way could not have looked like a nicer guy on Hard Knocks. Like he looked of all the things we've ever seen on Hard Knocks, he has to look like one of the nicest guys. Right. Um, right. He, and then he, he had like what Kelvin Benjamin, lazy. Zay Jones, unfortunately, was a head case, right? Couldn't handle, yeah. couldn't handle the league. And the other two guys, Holmes and Thompson, are just not who exactly. It's <laughs> not good level talent versus Cole Beasley, who's a workhorse. Yeah, Diggs, who's a probably a top fifteen guy, like we were discussing before in that top fifteen region. And then I love John Brown. John Brown made a case that he's wide receiver one last year. John yeah. Brown's our boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We split a fan. Toss and I split a fantasy football team and we offered somebody at the beginning we, of the year. From the beginning of the year, like week three, we were like, you guys want John Brown? And they were like, no. We, we asked them that like three weeks in a row. They kept saying no. They Nothing. were desperate for receivers. We were like, John Brown's better than every receiver on your team. They were like, no, he's not. <laughs> and John we, Brown's not good. And we, we wrote him into the finals. Yeah. Who we ironically <laughs> lost to that team. Yeah, but like we did. Still, we did. They didn't need John Brown. <laughs> they didn't but need him, but like it's you know it's he's he still put up a, a season and a half. Yeah, um, no, he's fantastic. Yeah, it's. Do you think? But do you think the Buffalo Bills are gonna be the team in the AFC East, or you're just not ready to make a cut there yet? I'm just not there, guys. I mean, I, I hear you. And with, with Belichick and that defense, they're gonna figure it out. They're gonna be a problem. I mean, they've got studs at the positions you need. Studs. I mean, they. They, they pressure the quarterback. They have the lockdown corner, the defensive player of the year. They, they, they'll they just figure it out on offense. I know it sounds like really blasé and just general, but they, I don't know. I think, you know, Brady could do a lot of really good things in Tampa with all the talent he has around him. And they've got a good de- defense themselves, but there was something off last year. I mean, he was older. I don't know if they're going to improve on Tom Brady and get a better quarterback than him this year, but, Belichick has some kind of plan. I mean, he's 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 playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. Always. And whether it's maybe it's Deshaun Watson in a year, I don't know. I mean, maybe he does something on draft day. Maybe yeah. it's like Jameis or Cam all along, and they're just figuring out the numbers. And they've got you know schematically a whole different offense to, to unleash on the league. They're they're gonna do something, and they I always do. Daniels and too. I I like I like your Watson. 
I, I yeah. like that. It's I, plausible. I, one, I want to see him go somewhere else because I don't want to see him just rot away in Houston. But Bill O'Brien's an idiot. But I think I think that in my opinion, it looks like the Bills might have like a one-year window where Belichick just is kind of waiting and not waiting because he's, 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 he's never he's never waiting. Reloading. He's, re- he's reloading. Yeah, yeah, you have your one-year window. You, it's a great point where he's reloading. And the right, Jets are still right. figuring things out with you know with Darnold and. The Dolphins are, you know, they're just trying to pull as many pieces in as possible to... Yeah, but they're going to be lethal soon. Soon, soon, but not this year, right? So will the Jets. The Jets will be back, I think. I think Darnold's... You like Darnold? I think Darnold's good. Yeah, I think I, I like him. I just, I don't like what the Jets are doing around him. I mean, hey, maybe they give him Henry Ruggs or Judy or some weapons in this draft. I mean, yeah. they've, they, they haven't done what the Bills have done around Josh Allen. I kind of wish, like, everything the Bills have done to help Josh Allen, that the Jets kind of did that to help Sam Darnold, and then right. you'd have... You'd really have something going you, on offense. You'd have, I just, you'd have Josh Allen with a good arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, do you, if I you bring up Rugs and Judy, or do you is Rugs your top guy on on your board? Because I'm seeing reports that people are moving Rugs ahead of Lamb and ahead of Judy, and I have been the biggest Jerry Judy advocate since last year. I think he's one of the the best, especially. Listen, you look at a guy from like speaking of the Texans, Hopkins. Like yeah. a guy from the slot who's just utterly lethal. Even Michael Thomas, who's utterly lethal from the slot, can cut on a dime and just burn you from the inside and just shoot it on out to the out. And I has mean, top-notch hands. And that's Jerry Judy. And then we've, again, watching every one of CeeDee Lamb's games, I'm like, okay, he's a baller. And nothing, no shot against Henry Ruggs. I just don't think he's in the same category as, as those two guys. Am I incorrect? I mean, you know, honestly, if I were to sit here and try to rank receivers, I would just be talking out of you-know-what. I mean, I've... I'll leave that to like our Matt Miller, and I just gotta listen to everything he tells me on how yeah. these guys compare. <laughs> but uh, I, I did talk to Henry Ruggs, though. I mean, we had a story up today, and he's my God, he is rare. I mean, this is you know, you see fast guys blow up the combine four two four three guys, and they get onto a football field, and it's just like you know, throwing uh, an indoor cat out into the jungle or something. They don't really know how to use anything that they have. It's just a weird environment, and. He he isn't weird out there. It's not unnatural. He can catch the ball in traffic. He, well, it's not John I Ross. Mean, he, it's, right. it's, no, he's not John Ross. That's I mean, who I was thinking. Right yeah. Jacoby Ford. There's all kinds of fast guys. Just never. He's Tyree Kill. He could be Tyree Kill. That's and that's it. I mean, that's like the that, that is the new prototype number yeah. one receiver is because you have so many quarterbacks like on it's extending plays and, and yeah. improvising and creating and it's it's almost like. You can drop a play, and, and that's great, and maybe scheme a guy open, but so much of the league now is just letting your quarterback do his thing and letting rugs. I mean, try try hanging with him for five, six, seven seconds as a DB. I mean, it's impossible. Yeah, I think Dallas should take him if he's there. Yeah. I think I mean, Dallas so that, should take him. Yeah. Uh, when you woke up, or I don't know if you woke up, when I woke up, because I'm on West Coast time, and uh, and I saw that DeAndre Hopkins was traded to the Arizona Cardinals, did you look at the date and think it was April 1st? <laughs> like I did? Was I like, did I just hibernate and go like, you know, into, into like a coma for like three weeks? Like, Man, what the hell? It, what was that? I didn't because I mean it's the Bill O'Brien factor. He is he is the judge, jury, and executioner there, and it's his show. And uh, I mean, I think I'll take him at his word that DeAndre Hopkins was probably looking for a new contract, like he said, and with three years left on the deal, he didn't want to do it. So see ya, we're gonna get something for you. And in his mind, I'm not saying that this is obviously it was a terrible trade for the Texans to just give away maybe the best receiver in football yeah. and tick off your quarterback who is the face of your franchise. I think it's, you know, I think it's wrong. However you look at it, but that, that that's probably what he was thinking. And man, I don't know. It's um, it's kind of sad because you look at Patrick Mahomes in Kansas city and how creative Andy Reid's gotten with everything. And, and Kyler Murray with Cliff Kingsbury and Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. I mean, just changing the game. And then you look at Houston's offense and it's like, Blah. I mean, it's, their best offense is when they just kind of schematically just stop whatever they're doing and let Deshaun Watson play backyard football. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of how they – Just like let him roll around and Russell Wilson's yeah. thing. But like, yeah, like, but that's if, how they beat the Bills. But they then just kind of let him do his thing. If yeah. Will Fuller's not on the field because he's injured all the time, then you lose your, like, your downfield burner. So it's – I yeah. don't know. It's an interesting – in- I would even argue that, you, you know, you bring up Deshaun Watson as the face of the franchise. My whole beef with the trade – 
and if you're doing this as a franchise, really, as a person from Texas who knows a ton of fans, and this is just from a fan fan bias standpoint, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins was the face of that franchise. Totally. Because J.J. Watt had been suffering from injury, that he is the guy that is revered by every Houston Texans fan that I know. I like him, too, as a person. I mean, we, Because we of his met consistency, him. He's really. He's a nice dude. He's a really – yeah, right. we, we, we met him in Miami. I mean, I, obviously, you know, the quarter, your quarterback is, is your franchise. Um, yeah. But I just – I couldn't believe when they did that either. It was yeah, crazy. 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 Uh, we're going to let you rock and roll in a second, Tyler. But I just want to hear one really quickly uh, question for you. Sure. In all your time working in this field, what was the coolest thing you got to experience? It was like kind of like, you know, like combine you working versus and you as like that, fa- you know, your fanhood as a boy that, you know, kind of was like, whoa, this is this is an epic experience. Man. Oh, gosh. I mean, always covering the Super Bowls right up there. But just in terms of like these um these feature stories, I, I think the one that kind of still – still sticks with me was, was way back. I mean, I think this was 2014 even um, when uh, I was down in Mississippi, just hanging out at Brett Favre's house, you know, on his back deck. And I've just, obviously you get, we were talking earlier and following the Packers as a little kid. I mean, yeah. you know, no, nothing really is all, all strikes. Nothing really is all stricken these days that you, you see all these, all these players, all these teams, all these stars, you, you kind of get desensitized by it all. But that, that was definitely a moment. It was like, oh, my God, that's Brett Favre pulling up in his pickup truck. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I think it's going to be a half hour chat tops. And we're talking for three hours about everything. I mean, he's he's got this aura about him that I'm sure, you know, was there the second he kind of walked in into Lambeau field and did what he did in 1992. Uh, yeah, he was just asking me like, Hey, where'd you, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? And has a story for everything. I think I told him I went to school at Syracuse. This was like the, you know, the first thing he asked me and he goes, uh, man, I had a friend out in Syracuse. We hunt down wild boar. They stood out in the snow like cows. <laughs> Something like that. But it's like, of course he had a story, you know, a connection to Syracuse. So that, that, that was definitely a moment that's, uh, that, that's right up there. And at the time, you know, there was still a lot of bad blood between him and the Packers. Nobody really knew where things stood. And um, since then, they've all kind of kissed and made up. But, you know, at the moment, you know, a lot of fans were pretty unhappy with him. You know, I mean, he, 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 they viewed him as a traitor. He went to the Vikings. He yeah. tried to beat the team he played for for 16 years. And um, to kind of catch him in, in, in that moment was pretty wild. Yeah, that's that's I didn't, when you say really you awesome. were hanging out in Mississippi. I was coming. Oh wow, you're at a bar and you ran into someone and got a cool story. Did not see <laughs> hanging out in the back porch of Favre. It's exactly where you'd want to be with Brett Favre in the back porch. I feel it. It only makes sense. He's everything you'd expect. You know, any <laughs> any image you have in your mind of what he'd be like is is right on for sure. Jeans, dad cap, maybe a patch of tobacco in the mouth. That's that's what I'm picturing. Again, a glass of whiskey <laughs> nearby. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, man, thank you so much for joining us. Real quick, if you don't mind plugging yourself, where can everybody find you? Sure. Uh, just on on Twitter, at Ty Dunn, D-U-N-N-E. And yeah, we can uh, blab about whatever you want to blab about on there. Hornets, country music, football, whatever. Nice. Favorite country music artist before you go? Right right now, uh, I'm going to go, let's go a Coulter Wall. Cool. Got that, that that deep baritone voice of a voice of a god. I mean, yeah. I think he's like 20, 26 or twenty seven, and you listen to him and you think he's seventy seven. It's uh, it's amazing. I, I definitely, if anybody out there likes listening to country, I mean, you gotta listen to him. It's like Saskatchewan, Canada, just just a rare, rare, haunting sound that uh, you just can't stop listening to. Perfect. Now we have a person listening to for the rest of the day. Awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you for joining us. All right, guys. Tyler Dunn, Thanks, go check Tyler. him out. Go read his stuff on Bleacher Report. Thank you, guys. Of course, man. What did we tell you? Awesome. Great stuff. Tyler Dunn, Bleacher Report, features writer, expert. Really cool. I like how he got into it a little bit. We did it with Rostin, too, Michael Rostin. And it was, I mean, when we have reporters on, it's usually, you know, we like to play ball, kind of just talk sports and talk shop. But. Lately, we've been asking them a bit about themselves, which is nice, I feel, because I feel like reporters never get asked about themselves. They're the ones always asking the questions, um, so that was fun. And before we let you go, guys, just one one, one more reminder. We are also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, not KG like Kevin Garnett, who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. 
but AG. BetOnline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. MYPOD, all capitals, and the number 100. If you think you got nothing to bet on, you're wrong. Spelling B, poker series for $750,000, by the way. The elections. Oh, God. Big Brother, American Idol, eSports, the NFL Draft. I'm sure you can take uh, prop bets on that. So go to betonline.ag. Good people over there. We like them. We love them. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed this one. To the fans out there, drag both feet inbounds, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they free and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they are free. We outcha. We love you. work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.